For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Oh my, Minka got paid, you guys. He got paid. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Minka Fitzpatrick becomes the unlikely first internal domino to fall under Omar Khan, signing a four-year, $73 million contract that'll pay on average a little more than $18 million per year, $36 million, half of it, is guaranteed. Minka did well. Minka earned it. Minka is one of, if not the best safeties in the NFL. And there's so much to like about this deal that it almost feels like insultingly obvious material for me to go through. This is really well-deserved, a fine young man, all pro, uh, had a ton of takeaways last year and everything else. Uh, Really good for the team. You're keeping one of your two, three best players through his prime years, uh, avoiding any sort of training camp fuss that might have arisen. And as you know, I've reported here, Minka was kind of standing off to the side, not participating directly in drills through OTAs and mini camps. You, you get that out of the way. Good for the player, good for the team, all that stuff, all that stuff, all the attaboys. But let me tell you what I like about this almost as much as the player and the team staying together. And that's the domino thing that I mentioned right up front. Because Minka gets done, and you have what's known in the business as cost certainty. Omar is, whether he liked when I brought it up at the press conference or not, the cap guy still. Omar doesn't need help with the cap. He is the cap guy. And no one's going to understand how that process works better than he does. If he has Minka signed, as he now does, he knows exactly what, if anything, he'll do about Deontay Johnson, who could be due for an extension. I'm not in favor of that, but that's Omar's decision, not mine. What, if anything, he'll do about Chris Boswell, who's also like Deontay entering the final year of his contract. I am very much in favor of an extension for Boz. And of course, if anything's left over from what those players get, assuming they get anything, what he can commit to the defensive line to try to fortify that after Stefan Tuitt's retirement, or running back two behind Najee Harris. 
if you don't know how much you've already got committed, it's hard to commit more. That's true of finances in any walk of life. And I dare say, though this is speculation, that this might have been what went wrong for the Steelers last year because they let TJ go through the entire camp doing that thing where he stands off to the side. And of course, TJ ended up proving this, that he kept himself in great shape and didn't suffer for that in the slightest, but there's only one TJ. TJ finally gets done, if you believe the whole story, as it was told, by going up to the second floor of the Southside headquarters and knocking on Art Rooney's door saying, that's enough, let's get a deal. And the two of them sit there and drop a deal, and TJ surprises his agents. And I, I, I'm sorry, I'm always skeptical about those. But while all the TJ stuff was going on, the Steelers didn't sign other people. And they needed other people, especially on the offensive line. And by the time TJ gets signed, all the musical chairs are filled. It's too late. And the Steelers ended up sitting on 10 plus million dollars of empty, unused cap space, which was insane in Ben Roethlisberger's final season. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online. Maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. At his introductory press conference, in addition to being kind of ticked off at the question that I'd asked him about being the cap guy. Omar also was questioned about how he might be different than his predecessor, Kevin Colbert. And I think we've got the first answer to that now. I really do. The Steelers' way under Colbert, for the most part, though not without exception, was to let even his star players Hang on, hang on, hang on, get through camp, get to the final week of camp, get to the point where they're about to board the plane for the first game, and then get something done right there on the tarmac. There were countless examples of this. Troy Polamalu was one of them, of all people. And I'm sure that to a large extent, this worked. That Kevin was able to shave off a million here, a couple million there, and, you know, kind of let everybody know who's boss. And I'm not saying any of this as if it was a bad thing. But if Omar's going to be his own guy and he's going to do things the way he wants, particularly from the personnel slash contractual component, something in which, by the way, Mike Tomlin doesn't get involved in at all. Rooney will, not Tomlin. For Omar to take this approach and say, hey, this is my first big contract. Not that Kevin wouldn't have signed Minka, but this is Omar's first signature signing. It's internal, which is the Steelers' way. But Omar did it his way, where he gets his main guy up front and then if he so chooses, goes to Deontay, goes to Boz, goes 
out into free agency. The Damakong Sioux is still available if anyone's getting greedy or hopeful. And he says, this is my football team. This is my roster. This is my contract structure. This is my decision. This is how I'm going to do it. Again, I'm not making a big deal out of this or suggesting that he's breaking away from the past or anything dramatic like that. I'm saying that this is his first stamp, and it's a wonderful one. When we come back, J1Q. of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from BNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped. Not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from my man Laz, who asks, it doesn't seem like the GM did much of a job to try and get a better deal for the sake of the cap. Minka's not the best safety in the league, so why is he the highest paid safety of all time? Every dollar counts when it comes to the cap. Laz, I'm not going to argue whether or not Minka is the best safety in the league, but I can make a very easy argument as to why he's the highest paid safety in the league. And the simple response is, that's how it goes. You reach a certain point in your career at a certain age level, and you have X number of years in front of you, which Minka does. I don't think people appreciate that Minka's still only 25 years old. He won't be 30 at the end of this contract. These are, as I referenced in the opening segment, his peak years. That's what you're paying for. It's a combination of age, future production, and then from there, the variable that you brought up, which is where does he rank among other safeties in the league? And then on top of that, how important is the position? If, for example, your current pack of safeties, if you did your own rankings, had three or four guys ahead of Minka, but they were all 29, 30 years old or something like that, well, guess what? They're not getting this money because their best years are behind them, not in front of them. One thing that a team executive in another sport once told me, this was many years ago, is you hate to pay for past production. And a lot of that happens in sports because someone will build up their name, they'll build up their brand, and you'll get excited by it, or you'll feel beholden to them, and you'll sign them to some kind of extension or free agency contract that really doesn't make sense because they're about to start making the descent toward the end of their career. However long that might take, 
It's not the peak and it's not going upward. Can you realistically, Laz, right now, look at Minka and say, you know what? He's 25 years old. That's it. This is as good as he's going to be. We have already seen peak Minka. No, of course not. Of course not. You're paying for future performance, future potential for those four years. I love the contract, love the term, love everything about it. I appreciate the question, Laz. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 